Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy, romance, and all of the magical places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, July 29th, and I am outside on the front porch this morning where the rising sun is making it. Nice and toasty, though it's a chilly morning still. I think we're up to like 40 degrees Fahrenheit now. It's supposed to be a lot warmer today. Definitely well into fall weather now. That's the one thing about the secret garden is it has high walls on the east, north, and west sides, and the house on the south side. And in the mornings, that eastern wall casts the whole thing, and the grape arbor is in deep shade. And this time of year, whether or not it's comfortable out is entirely dependent on <laughs> if the sun is shining. It's an extraordinary difference between being in the sun and being in the shade. Ah, But sitting here on the portal... It's kind of confusing because we talk about the portal. It's a northern New Mexico thing. It comes from Spanish. Basically means like the portal, the doorway to the house. I probably have talked about this before, but it has a an overhang, a roof, as it were, the house on one side, and then it's open on the other three sides with wooden pillars. And I'm never quite sure if you should say on the portal or under the portal or in the portal but anyway i think it's on the portal because the whole thing is like it's like being on the porch and doesn't the roof of the porch count as the porch <laughs> not that any of it's important but anyway it's very toasty right here very comfortable David and I have been, maybe it's a result of the being more or less homebound for the COVID apocalypse, but we've been doing a lot more home renovation ideas. There's some landscaping things we want to do. And among them is doing creating a few more sitting areas outside. I'm really excited about those plans, but one of them would be a great place to sit on mornings like this. Or a couple of them would be. I guess I could go over to my eastern table. I need to get that fixed up. I've kind of... The last winter was hard on the mosaic table, and that really needs to get repaired. I need to figure out what I'm going to do on that. So many projects. So many potential projects. So, yesterday I got an email from this gal who, you know, used to have a book blog, and then she started a new book blog, and she sent this out to me and a whole bunch of other authors. And, it, I mean, she was good. She used the BCC, so I don't know who all she sent it to. But she was saying, here's a fun thing we could do. And she invited us all to write short Halloween stories for her. And she said how she had gotten images to go to pick from, 
that you know she'd made sure that they were Creative Commons and um, that there wasn't a problem with the rights and that we could use those for inspiration and that she would run stories on her blog for Halloween and it would be a fun thing to do. And the problem is, and and I had in the past written little scenes or snippets for her and for um, sort of her network of blogger friends. And they would do this ostensibly to for publicity for authors. And over time, I have grown increasingly sensitive to this kind of thing, to the point where I wanted to write back to her and point out the problems with what she's doing. And she even had a, a final line on her email saying something like, you know, if you want to do this, great, let me know. And if you don't, um, you don't need to respond. You don't need to say anything. And it was kind of funny because the way it was phrased as, uh, you know, I don't want to hear from you if you have problems with this. Because I have problems with this. Uh, and the reason why is that she's asking authors to work for free. She's making sure that the images are fair use so that she doesn't get in trouble for having, um, you know, violating copyright because she'll, you know, get slapped with a letter from Getty Images or what have you. But the... Sorry, I have to scoot out the coffee table a little bit there. Yeah, that's better. Um, but, yeah, she's, you know, what is she really offering authors? You know, she's getting her blog going again, which is understandable. But, you know, the thing is, is that you don't ask people to provide their professional services for free. And I know that that this is a thing, particularly in Romance Landia, where you know you provide a magnet story or a short piece to draw readers in, and that's advertising. But yeah, um, in science fiction and fantasy, the it's it's much more clear, um, and is it Yogg's law? Yogg's law, you know that money should always flow to the writer. And it's funny that we even have to have a law on this because we don't have laws like you know money should always flow to the lawyer or money should always flow to the doctor. <laughs> it's I know it is inherent in many professions, however, where people are always trying to get people to work for free. You know, free legal advice, free medical advice, what have you. And you do stuff for friends. You might have special rates for friends, and that's fine. But having it be... Uh, I'm still trying to figure my way through this, so I apologize for the halting explanation. I'm trying to decide if it would be different if she had a massively popular blog site and she could say, if you um, write me a 2,000 word story for this, I will, you know, I can promise that you'll get 10,000 sets of eyes on it. 
Would you do it then? I don't know. I mean, again, that's that's that. <laughs> I want to say the ancient promise, but it's really a fairly recent promise. It's with the advent of the internet that you do something for the exposure, and that is the uh, the lure that is used to get authors to work for free. Write us this thing, and we will promise you exposure. <clears throat> now, I suppose the return argument from her would be that she's not making any money on this. Um, it would be interesting to look at her site and see if that's the case. You know, does she have affiliate links? Does she have advertising on her site? There's nothing wrong with doing that, but is she really not making any money on this? And I'm sure she'll get takers. She'll get authors who are desperate for exposure, uh, wanting to do this thing. But I'm going to tell you guys, all of you, all y'all, whether you are a writer or a reader, if you are reading and you are getting free things from authors, ask yourself, what what value are, are you providing in return for that? Are you simply taking the free things? And I'm, I suspect I'm preaching to the choir here because all of you are really wonderful about that. But it's become so expected in our community that there will be freebies given to readers. And a lot of times we, we enjoy giving the gifts and giving the special thing. But... Is it expected? And when it's impacting someone's livelihood, is that a fair expectation? And then writers, why are you doing things for free? Why are you giving people your work for free? Do you feel like you have to do that in order to get anyone to pay any attention to you at all? One of the most difficult things to do as a writer especially as a newbie writer, but even at, at my stage now. I mean, it's taken me a long time to get to this point where I'm. my immediate reaction is not, oh, hey, cool opportunity, and instead is, wait a minute, you're asking me to write for free? And I would really love it if, for all writers, even very early in our careers, we could say, wait a minute, why are you asking me to write for free? Because I'm a professional. And maybe there's a transition point <clears throat> in there somewhere where you make the choice for yourself that you are a legit writer and you do not work for free. That's not to say you can't barter. That's not to say that you can't do something for an in-kind value. But... I would really love to see this whole thing of the requesting free work to, to go away. Because one lens to put on this is that this gal with her blog is, what's the difference between her and an online magazine? So let's say that there is an online magazine, um, let's call it Crow Fountain, 
You know, in movies when they do that, where the person's desperately searching for a name and, you know, like they say, the first thing that their eyes land on and it's really absurd and you're rolling your eyes at it. Well, but that's exactly what I just did. I was looking around the portal and I saw the crow fountain. So this is our, our uh, fictional, fictional, fictional magazine of fiction, Crow Fountain, crowfountain.com. And Crow Fountain publishes... Um, fantasy and romance and science fiction uh, crossover stories. It's a great site. You guys would love it. And the best part is, because it's an online magazine, uh, you can subscribe, but um, there's no firewall. You can read everything on my crowfountain.com site for free. And isn't that, isn't that nice for all of us? And how is that a sustainable commercial model? Well, I, I don't pay my authors. Um, and I, I keep the site sustainable by using affiliate links and um, some judicious advertising. Oh, and we have a Patreon so you guys can donate. Isn't that cool? But um, we don't pay our authors because, you know, exposure. It's great exposure for them. We're very selective at crowfountain.com. And we only feature the best science fiction and fantasy romance shorts oh well you know if we run a, a good kickstarter yeah we could we have a you know special issues where we pay our authors two cents a word and you know that's great for them because at least they're getting something and and for those of you who don't know uh, the Science Fiction Fantasy Writers of America, SEFWA, has set the professional rate as eight cents a word, which is a truly meager rate. Uh, because back in the day when I sold my first essay to Red Book, uh, which was certainly a highlight of my career and certainly my early career, the going rate for magazines before the internet was a dollar a word. And I got paid a dollar a word for a 3,000-word essay, as opposed to Sefwa's bottom line for, for professional payment now is eight cents a word. So that gives you an idea of how the economy has changed for writers. And then there are places like, well, I'm sorry, crowfountain.com is, you know, we're just a little startup and we just can't afford to pay our writers. Surely you understand. But we treat them very well. So how is this gal's blog different from crowfountain.com? I'm going to argue that it's not, that she's asking writers to, she's, she doesn't have a contract and she's not necessarily asking for, she's not stating that she wants first publication rights, but she does want an original story, which is first publication rights. And, you know, it's kind of like virginity. You only get to sell them once. It's not uh, the be-all and the end-all because a lot of writers have a healthy uh, income from reprints. But first publication rights, you can only sell them once. So, yeah, I was tempted to write back to her and point this out, except I don't think she'll care. I'm also tempted to say something to, like, writer beware, or, I don't know, maybe to write up a, maybe I'll write up an article for the Safwa blog or get someone else to do it. That could be, um, 
Yeah, the use my crow fountain analogy, right? I think I think it's really important that we talk about this and talk about why we are asking writers to write for free. And I think part of the perception is is that writers have lots of money. And I know that that's one thing about this gal and her circle of friends um, who for a long time were putting on conferences and doing all sorts of um, writer and reader-related events that were really fun, but that depended upon the writers to fund the events. Uh, because, you know, they, they're like, well, we can't afford to do it. And the implication was is that writers always can. And <laughs> really, that's just not true. And uh, it's contributed to the decline. This, this attitude has, decri- has contributed to the decline from uh, a dollar a word to eight cents a word. So that's my... Um, my rant on writers being paid today. I would love to, you know, if you all have ideas for how we can really talk about this as a community and start to turn this around so at least we have people who aren't feeling like they have to work for free in order to get anywhere. So that's about my 20 minutes for the day, but I'll give a little update. Um, I had a pleasant surprise when I Opened up my document yesterday. I'd apparently forgotten a lot of Friday, but I um, I did not have five or six thousand words on Long Night of the Crystalline Moon, as reported. I had eight thousand or almost nine thousand words. So Dorinda and I were laughing about that. That it was like the the word brownies had shown up over the weekend and filled in some words in my document. I love that when that happens. So I had a slow day yesterday, but I am past ten thousand words. And um, I had to go back and read The Snows of Windrove and to look up some of my things about the Feast of Murano. I'm glad I did. I got some good details to weave in there. So um, I'm, I'm actually just loving this story. So I don't know what it is lately because I loved writing Dark Wizard. Um, for some reason, writing is just feeling like a really fun thing to do. And I don't know. I don't know what, what's up with that. Um, I mean, I've always loved it, but, you know, we've Leslie Penelope's brought that up, and I've brought it up from time to time, you know, that it can start to feel like a slog, you know, and some of it is laying down bricks. But I don't know. Lately, it's like I'm writing exactly what I want to write. Uh, I feel like I've passed some sort of threshold that way. And I, before this, I would have said I was writing what I want to write. But I think I've... I think I've shed a couple layers of expectation, and I'm not trying to, maybe I kicked a few people out of the room, and I'm just enjoying writing exactly where my sweet spot is. And some of you will have noticed, I'm sure Laura Darnell has noticed, that I stopped trying to come up with different adjectives for the intersection of fantasy and romance. I decided that was really going to be unsustainable, and I didn't want to devote the energy to tracking it. So I just stick it with magical for now. I might change it from time to time, but that's where we're at. All right, I'm going to go get to work. I hope you all have a magical Tuesday. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find other podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts.
You all take care. Bye-bye.